Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. everybody. I'm so glad you could join us. We have a special, special person with us tonight. Um, a good old friend uh, is joining me. I have Reverend Michael J. Carter here tonight with me, and we're going to be talking about his new book, Initiation, the Spiritual Transformation of the Experiencer, a Guide for Contact. I think it also it, it it should be a guide for contact and comfort too, because his book is so assuring and so supportive of people who have had experiences that from time to time can be a little unsettling. So uh, a little bit about the book: Are you experienced, or do you know someone that ha- that is? In his book, Michael. Carter refers to people who have had contact with extraterrestrial as experiencers. He tells his own story and gives voice to other experiencers' stories to explore the phenomenon of special transformation through these experiences. And he believes that our otherworldly visitors are here to help us evolve before we destroy the planet, hopefully. How do you know if you're an experiencer? Well, many people block these experiences because they're not part of the conscious reality for them at the time. Although people's contact experiences vary widely, there are certain common characteristics of people who have had them. Michael offers his guidebook to help people understand what they may be going through and to light the way forward for them because it is is it is. It may be an enlightening experience. It's a little shocking sometimes, too. So it's, it's a very exciting time, absolutely. So welcome to the show, Michael. I'm so glad you're here. This, is, what a, this, this book is a great book. It really is. Oh, thank you, Barbara, and thank you for having me. I was looking forward to it, and uh, it's been a while. 
and we've both had a lot of changes in our lives. So I want to thank you and always Mark uh, for getting this together. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's such a pleasure. You you always, um, I think when first we we, got, it was when you had your first book out about um, Bible UFOs, and yes. um, yes, and I had and read in the beginning. Yes, yes. No, go on. I'm sorry. I was thinking about no, your no, husband's you, book. Yeah. Well, it's it was funny because in your book, you thanked him, and and you offered yeah. to fill me in on some of the background for the book, and I said, I think I have a pretty good background, and then I told you who yeah. my husband was. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I remember you that. Said, you said, never mind. <laughs> no. And then it's we discovered that we went to the same college, too. So yes. Um, yes. We, we had a lot of synchronicity there. So I think I've had you on for most of the books that you have out there. And this one, I think, is really um, very special because it touches on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that's how, how one's spiritual transformation can be triggered by many different things, but, but you were focused primarily on people who have been an experiencer of, of either a UFO or an alien contact of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's fascinating in that when you talk about transformation, maybe you should explain what you mean about the transformation, because we're talking on a spiritual level here, and a lot of people may not re- you know, understand exactly where we're going with it. Okay. First of all, um, again, thank you for having me. Um, I And I'm glad you said what you just said, uh, Barb, because, you know, so people really can hear this. You don't have to have uh, a UFO contact experience or an out-of-body experience or an NDE. I, I have a friend who uh, several years ago was jogging in San Francisco, uh, right at dawn, and he was watching the sunrise, and he he couldn't explain it any other way. Words got in the way, which does happen with these things. And he just said he just I I just felt this oneness with everything, with the buildings, with the trees, with the cars, with the sky, and it was a transforming experience for him. Um, I and, and of course he couldn't sustain that, but it changed him. Uh, uh-huh. When I talk about transformation, I am talking about an experience that affects you in such a way that it not only changes the way you think, but it changes your behavior as well. That's what I'm referring to as a transformation. Your life changes. The way you think changes. The way you you carry yourself changes. And, you know, your behavior changes for the better. Uh, and so that's, that's what I'm going to define as uh, a transformation. That it's, it's so, uh, it, it so resonates with you on so many levels that your behavior actually changes. I think in many ways it opens the portal to the spiritual aspects within you. 
Yes, yes, that's another way of saying it. And and um, it doesn't happen for everybody because people, you know, we process uh, these these things in different ways. So I, uh-huh. I always want to make that clear. It's not a competition. Uh, I know people who've had not the greatest, you know, experiences uh, with extraterrestrial life. And so I want to honor that because um, – uh, and not blame them. I know people say, well, if you, if you look at it this way. No, you look at it the way it happened to you. But for me, because, you know, I still have post-traumatic stress um, uh-huh. from my experiences, but in general, uh, it, it changed my life and for the better and opened me up to um, just a way of being more authentic, uh, it wasn't magical. I was already working on some of these things with therapy and with study and meditation, contemplation, those kinds of things. But it, it made me the person I am today, uh, a less fearful person about life, a more compassionate person. Um, I'd like to think a more loving person. Yeah, I I look upon it kind of as an invitation for a more spiritual perspective of life as a whole. And you don't have to accept the invitation. And and um, I saw a UFO when I was in college, and that's what changed me and turned me around and opened up the doorway, so to speak, to, to the, the, the possibilities and the, and the potentialities of what else is out there. Um, yes. Yes. So, yes. Uh, you know, it, it sent me on a course of study that, you know, I'm still on. Um, you can, you, you, every time I think, well, I've, I've grasped that concept really well, I find there's another concept that has to be grasped. I mean, you're never out of things you have to learn. So um, it, it's a very exciting time for you. You know, when you go to school and you go to high school and you go to college and you go to graduate school and then you're kind of done but with spirituality there's always another level to touch and get into and get involved in um but but your experience um was probably you know i saw a ufo uh you know i didn't i didn't see anybody in it or nobody got out or anything like that but i saw a vehicle you saw people (laughs) Want to, want to share yes. a little bit about who you saw yes, because that's I, I so cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw several races over a span of time. Yeah, well, again, um, uh, I go over it in the book, but back in 1989, coming back from Mexico with my girlfriend at the time, um, and I just want to set this up because I was raised in the Baptist tradition. Uh, I did not even read sci-fi or look at anything like that. So I was kind of on this path. And um, uh, But as I was getting older, uh, I started to open up more to existentialist philosophy, metaphysics, those kinds of things. But this was this blew all of that out of the water, came back from Mexico, was invited to a party. Um, uh, my girlfriend was tired. Uh, when we got to JFK, we caught a cab home. 
She said, I'm going to go home. I was invited to a get-together down in Hell's Kitchen. I caught the subway down there. Um, you know, I wanted to gloat a little bit. My friends had been freezing. I had just come back from 85, <laughs> 87 degrees. I, I mean, yeah, I, I have to admit that. And, um, you know, I, like I said, no, and no, no uh, adult beverages were uh, were there. I, I think I, I think I OD'd on deviled eggs. Uh, I love them. Uh, and then I went back home. And uh, that night, even to this day, I don't know whether I had to get up to go to the bathroom or I just sensed a presence. But when I turned around, I felt something in the room. And there was, uh, I guess we would call him a gray, but he was kind of chalk white. May have been a she. I don't know, uh, uh, you know, the gender, and it's probably not even important. But um, I, I'm going to say he. And, you know, I thought my heart was going to come out of my chest. Uh, uh, he was about three, four feet tall, no taller than that. And he had on this jumpsuit that looked like it was... Reynolds wrap. It was like aluminum foil, and uh, it had the. He was chalk white, had the bulbous head and the Ray-Ban kind of wraparound eyes. Very spindly looking uh, individual, um, and around him was a, a blue light, and around him, around that light was like this bright white light. My whole room was lit up. Actually, my girlfriend at the time either could not or would not wake up. And just a caveat here, when I sent this book to her and she read it, she said, I remember that night. She said, I, 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 I remember that night. I had never seen you so frightened. And she said, and I saw these little shadows in the room, but in my mind, I, it, it, I kept telling myself, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. It's okay. <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, I looked at him, he looked at me, I got in the fetal position and pulled the covers up over my head. Um, I heard this and and this and uh, felt the change in temperature. It was like the wind was blowing. It was like, and I was on the 15th floor at that time of the Excelsior Hotel. It's a residential hotel. She still lives there, by the way. And, um... When I pulled the covers down, no one was there. She woke up, and we talked about it. And she, she was a, she is a very spiritual person. She didn't say, "What are you, some kind of nut?" Um, and from that time on, for eight months to a year, every full and new moon, I would get a visitation, and um, uh, I'd be paralyzed. Uh, at one time I was shown a past life. I was shown a future event that happened. I mean, I was paralyzed, but I could open my eyes, you know. Um, Uh And that started the journey. That started the journey. And on that journey, I had visits from a reptilian individual twice, um, a a blue person who I thought was an Arcturian. Uh, Back in 2019, I... Uh, uh, saw a, a praying mantis, and I had the healing on uh, July 4th, uh, 2013, of a blood clot that I had had from a Nordic-looking uh, person. So it has been a journey. I still do have 
I do have a hard time um, at night. Sometimes if I'm here alone, um, my wife is going away next month uh, for two weekends, and and um, uh, a couple weeks she was away for work, and it's kind of hard to turn the lights out when I'm by myself. But I do it, you know, I've been doing it. And I think that's residual from them, as if the light somehow on will stop them from coming. But but other uh-huh. than that, you know, I navigate it. It's, it's incorporated into my life. Um, and um, outside of the birth of my daughter, it's probably, uh, you know, well, had a couple marriages there. Uh, but I, it was the most life-changing experience that I can think of. I can I can remember in 1951, I can remember the house we were in and the bedroom that I had, and I can remember laying in my bed and my eyes were wide open, but I could not move. I opened my mouth and I could not scream. Mm-hmm. But I, but mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody, to my knowledge. Um, right. But but I was totally paralyzed. It was just, it was, uh, and and what I'm, I'm 78 years old now. So uh, I mean that was like 50, 60, almost 60, almost 70 years ago. And that uh-huh. one experience I do remember. I I don't know if that was an experience or not, but. I, I, it, it, it certainly opened my eyes to there was something weird in this world. Um, and unlike you, I, I have read every science fiction book in the school library, the junior high library, and the senior high library in, you know, where I went. I, you know, that's been a fascination for me for years. And then, of course, I saw one when I was in college. But I, I would say I am an experiencer, but and I would also say that it has transformed my life, so that so mm-hmm. that I am more in the spiritual realm than I might have been otherwise. It certainly has has steered me in that direction to the point where I finally said, "All right, I got you. Let's just do this." <laughs> but um, yeah, it, yeah. Did they ever? Did you ever get a message? Did you ever journal a message from them? Was there ever a point for for their standing there and looking at you? No, um, uh, at, no, I probably, because of how frightened I was, I probably couldn't even speak. No, what they did and how they communicated with me was down the line. Well, obviously, um, when I mentioned the, the Nordic person who healed a blood clot, uh, that's, that's, you know, that was, I'm always grateful and will ever be grateful for that. Um, no, what they did was they showed me uh, a past life as a clergy person in like the 15th, 16th century. And they showed me an event that happened, that did happen later on. I was speaking uh, to some people at a gathering, and it actually did happen. Um, and uh, that was pretty much it. When I was in Boston, uh, doing an anti-racism training some years after that they visited me um, and uh, 
they showed me a picture. Uh, I use it on my business card now. They showed me a picture of, of praying hands with a lightning bolt through it. And there was a little icon. That's the best way I can um, describe it. Uh, It was an icon of a gray pointing as if to say, don't look at me, look at what I'm showing you. And there was Uh an icon and there was a picture of, you know, we've seen the, the prayer hands, but there was a lightning bolt through it. And I got it that I was supposed to be doing some type of, um, energy healing work with my hands, which I was always doing in the first place. So those were the things. There was no, you know, message specifically for me or no prophetic thing. This was more about this is what, this is the potential. Um, That's how I interpreted it as that you can do. My life became whatever message they wanted me to do, but also not they because I still have agency. What had happened initially, when we got back from Mexico, that was December December 28, 1989, uh, went to see the pyramids in uh, Chichen Itza and Tulum. But also at that time, I was living a fast life. I was an actor in New York. You know, I was sexing and drugging and drinking and, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, I was just, you know, I was talented. I was young. I was in New York and I was working as an actor. Um, and, you know, I wasn't, I wanted to do more. I wanted to serve, always wanted to serve. But at that time, that's where I was. And um, it was like a wake up call. I was already leaving the Baptist tradition that I was raised in, and I was already studying and, you know, like I said, metaphysics and existential philosophy and uh, Eastern religions and philosophy. So I was already on this journey, and um, their visits kind of expedited it, and um you know, I was looking at the Bible in different ways, and I think because of that experience, because I still think it's a profound and valuable book, as is the Quran, as are all the, uh, you know, the Upanishads, as are all the sacred scriptures. But I was uh-huh. looking at them at that through the lens of uh, perhaps this is how religions began. I won't go so far as to say they did this purposely, Maybe some did, um, but it was was right there in front of me the whole time, but I was never taught to look at it that way. Yeah, it it seems that um, people that I've talked to that have had um, UFO experiences and and out-of-body, near-death experiences – Almost all of them, not not a hundred percent, but almost, I, I would say, into the eighty percent or or more, have have come back from the experience um, with a new view of life, with with a, a desire to be better, kinder, more spiritual, to help other people. Um, I have found that there. Especially with the near-death experience people, they they definitely the ones that at least that I have met and, and interviewed have have come back with a 
a new philosophy on, you know, we're here to, to share with each other. We're not here to uh, compete. We're here to be kind and to learn and to grow and to be more spiritual. Um, and and it feels to me as that experiencers are ex- people who are an experiencer have that same feeling up until up until just recently, just about. Um, I, I think you know Orson Welles didn't didn't do aliens any favor, but you know with what he did with his broadcast. But but even up until probably the last twenty years, um, the element of of having an experience has not been frightening. It's only recently that, that, you know, you've heard about people having horrible experiences and stuff like that. Prior to that, it's it's always there's always been a very positive feeling, you know, that, that you got from people that had had these experiences. Um, is it society that has put fear into everybody's hearts? Or is there another level of contact that, that, that has done that? You know, I, that's a great question. I I have a friend um, named Gerard Austin, who is a Georgia Damsky uh, scholar. And his theory is that back in the 50s, and he's like a year older than me, so, but he was, he was uh, saying that back in the 50s, 50s, 60s, that, it, you, you didn't have the little gray um, uh, star person. You, you had these blonde, blue-eyed folks, and they were all benevolent and that kind of thing. His theory is that when the government got involved, then you started hearing about cattle mutilations and what have you. It's an interesting theory. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't want to let folk off the hook. Our society is run on fear. That's a given, no matter what. Um, But to your point, I don't – it is a frightening experience. Uh, You can have an NDE or an OBE, and if you don't know what's happening to you, it is a frightening experience initially. But sometimes when, you know, like I love Kierkegaard who says life is lived forward, but it's only understood backwards – but sometimes if you look back on it, you can say, this is what I've gleaned from this experience. It wasn't so bad after all. I, and the reason I do that is not to be, um, you know, because I, I, I know there are people who did not have great experiences. And I don't know the answers to that. Um, maybe, you know, I, I just don't know. Maybe there's a another species out there um who is more malevolent. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just know that the fear factor is so high because you, your mind is trying to, depending on where it's happening, it, it happens in my bedroom, you know, your doors are locked. There's someone in your home. Some of them can look very bizarre. You know, your nervous system is trying to process all these things. I did not, at least even in my regressions, no sperm was taken from me, uh, no ovum, you know, if I was a So I didn't feel that sense of viol- that much a sense of violation. And so I just take it for, 
uh, as a fact that people have had unpleasant experiences. I don't try to talk them out of that or say, oh, if you just Uh look at it another way, you know, I just kind of roll with it. But I also made mention, which is one of the reasons that I got this book out, is that all of these, you know, yes, there are folks like that who've had those experiences. But there's also another way, or there's also, you know, people who say, and I'm one of them, that it was a positive experience, even though I had to go through uh, that fear. And what it did for me is outside of the bizarreness of it, it made me look at other parts of my life where I let fear get in the way. Fear Uh of the unknown. Fear of difference. That's what it did for me. But I have friends who say, this has happened to me. I was violated. And I go, yeah, I, you know, that sounds horrific. And I'm, 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 I'm sorry you had to go through that. But I, because I, I, I'm very, I don't want to be one of these folks who say that all of these beings, because I can't say that because I don't know if it's true, mean us well. Because I know all people well, don't mean you well. But I will say, be, the, yeah. the beings that I met um, did me no harm. I'm I'm beginning to to have the opinion. I wanted to ask you something before I go into this. It's Gerard Artson. Is that who? Yes. Yes. He's going to be on the show May 29th. Um, yes. Yes. He's a good friend of mine. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I I am of the opinion today, um, it may change tomorrow, um, that depending on your level of consciousness, spiritual consciousness, will depend upon your experience with any visitor that you might have. So Mm -hmm. your level of spiritual consciousness was was expanded for sure when you had the experience. So once you could calm down and breathe again, you put a spin on the experience that was of a more positive nature. And had you not had the spiritual awareness that you did, fear might have walked in and taken over. Mm. That's just yeah. A- yeah, yeah. I I I I I I um I don't know. I I don't know. I I I don't want to comment on that. I mean, I I don't know. I know people who are more, you know, more conscious and you know, it's just because otherwise then it blames them. Well, see, if you were just a little more open, you wouldn't and I, I don't want to go into that cuz I don't know oh, if no, that's no, true I, and I don't want to put more well, guilt it, it, on or whatever. I don't I don't know. Oh no. I don't I, know. The re- the reason I say that is that when I saw the UFO, I was with hundreds of other students that saw it too. And the moment it flew over the dorm, some people ran screaming, some people hid in closets, some people fainted, some people um, like me just went, wow, I would love a ride in that. And, and, and some people did not see it at all, and they were standing right next to me. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it was a matter of what is your consciousness going to allow you to see that will not traumatize you on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have a thing to do with brains. It has something to do with um, a spiritual consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, so it's sort of like, you know, are you invited to see these people or not at this point in time? And, you know, I just, uh, I, I've not seen any aliens myself ever, but I have experienced um, the manipulation on, on a spiritual level of the other side. And the other side, whether it's alien or whether it, whatever it is, I have felt the uh, the manipu- that manipulation easily. So mm-hmm. um, I know there's something going on, and yeah. you know can't quite put a finger on it. But um, I think it's it's something that when you're ready to see something, you see it. And some people. Um, some people wake up to that presence through a trauma, and some people don't. It's, it's just it has nothing to do with the level of intellect of the individual. It has to do with what their spirit is ready to to embrace. No, no, I think. No, I, I, no. Let me be clear. I'm not implying that you're saying that. I, I I'm just very careful about the us and them that can be interpreted. Because uh-huh. that can be interpreted as, well, I was open and you weren't, that I'm special and you're not. And and that may not be the way I would say it or it can, it can easily come off like that. So that's why I just refrain from that because I'm not sure. I mean, there are people who are, who've had experiences who I feel are, are much more and more evolved than me and they had great fright. And it just wasn't pleasant. So that, that, that's all I'm saying. No, it has nothing to do with that. And and to me, it's just, um, to me, it's just, you know, people react differently. And it, oh, and, yeah. it, and the mind wants to seek answers, you know. Um, when I was in New York, I used to go to um, uh, this support group, and it was mostly people who were like John Mack people or that kind of, And then there was Bud's group, and I was very friendly with Bud. And, I, and we would meet a couple times a year, once or twice a year. Bud's group, those folk had trauma. There was nothing positive that happened, at least in their, to, to, to their experience, um, with these wow. beings or the beings that visited them. But the group I was in, um, we were just the opposite. But, you know, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So, yeah. you know... I just say, hey, I had a good experience in the long run. You didn't, and I just kind of leave it at that because I don't, I don't know whether it was karmic or ins and outs, but I know that, um, you know, by being in, in, in this community, it, it can, it can easy. Well, I, I had an experience, so I'm special. And my consciousness, that's why it happened to me. And, uh, and, and it didn't happen to you because, you're, you know, I, I just kind of steer clear that anything speaks of that because I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's perfectly fair. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't you, know. You, you, what, you know. Well, who does? You know, they didn't give us a handbook. Um, 
would have been nice. You, you, you speak of the spiritual transformation that happens. Explain, I mean, I can explain my concept of spiritual transformation. I kind of am curious as to what yours is. Okay. Um, and, and for people listening, I want to, you know, because spiritual is such a hackney term and sometimes people woo-woo. And when I say spirituality, I'm using it, um, uh, I'm using it this way. Because to me, there's no separation. Life, your whole life, whether you, you know, is, 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 is that experience, whether you've tuned into it or not. I don't want it to seem uh-huh. like it's a coat I put on. Now I'm, I wasn't spiritual, but now I'm not. I was more being self-aware. And as I said at the top of the show, that it was so, it resonated. It was so, the experience was, was so dynamic um, it, that it made me change my behavior. Uh, because if you don't, you know, and 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 and, and I'm, I want to be clear, I'm, it's not a formula. Just because you have the experience doesn't mean that that's going to happen. Uh, but for me, it changed my behavior. It changed the way I looked at life, the way I looked at the cosmos, my place in it. Um, it and and I, I I won't say it's a formula because I don't think it is. But for many experiences, as you said, Barbara, um, that that it's the potentiality for that transformation. And people, you know, people will work on Wall Street, and all of a sudden they're doing massage or Reiki. Uh, they leave a, a, a relationship that was toxic. Um, they may leave their religion of origin because they realize now that any God or whatever word you want to use can't be put in a box. It changes the way you walk through the world. And when I say spirituality, I'm meaning a cultivation of my inner life, where I know what I stand for, where I'm, 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 I'm more clear about the, the, my place in the cosmos and um, how, I, how I'm affected by that. So it's, it's appealing of the onion. Uh, how do? What's the real self? What's the real me? Uh, those types of things I'm talking about when I use the word spirituality, and you know, because some people just associate that with oh, crystals, or you know, he can see auras, or or <laughs> yeah. like it's a coat you put on. It's something. See, now I'm spiritual, and now I'm not. Um, it's hard work, but it's worth it well, to, yeah. to to look at yourself. I think it's important for people to understand too that this is not something that happens in the fl- in a flash. It is a process, and and you speak you speak um, in your book about a period of isolation that you had to take in order to get to know yourself better. Yes, I um I'm an introvert, believe it or not, at least according to the Myers Briggs. So I always and I like the way they frame it, um, because the introvert, um, you know, where do you get your energy? I get my energy from being alone. I can be very extroverted, but I need to be alone to recharge. Yeah, yeah, and for me, it wasn't that 
big of a deal because I like being alone anyway. And so it was lovely to be able to have, I'll give an example during COVID. I know my extroverted friends were, it was hell for them. They were flipping out because they couldn't be in contact with people because that's how you got sick. For Uh me, it was wonderful because (laughs) I had all that time to be alone, to study, to contemplate, to meditate. But that is part of it, uh, the time alone, because you have to get away from the noise and the distraction in order to find out who you are. Yeah. You have, you have to be quiet. And, and what's the old adage? Who, whom I would fill, I must first empty. Or, or you know, be still and know. Um, that's, that's part of the journey. Whether you're a contactee or not, when you go through that transformation, um, you need the time alone to be with yourself, warts and all. Oh, absolutely. I, I enjoyed the pandemic. I, I didn't enjoy people dying or getting sick, but I enjoyed the fact that you could be alone and nobody looked down at you for, for being alone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a loner and always have been. And so when, when, you know, we were confined to the house, I mean, that's great. You know, I have my computer, I have the television, I'm fine. I'm all set. Um, and other people did have, a, a, you know, a great deal of trouble with it. And, and of course I wasn't working any longer externally. So it was a, it, it, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, but but you're, you're absolutely right. It, it did give you time to get to know yourself better, and and I think that, that that's something that everybody should do on a regular basis. To be honest with you, because we're always growing, we're always shifting and changing and refocusing, and sometimes the changes get ahead of us, and we have to take time to catch up with them. So that mm-hmm. so that if if somebody how how you you do you did say that there were some signs that people could use to determine whether or not they had been an experiencer. What would some of them be? Yes, there's a um, there's a chapter, it may be the second chapter where we're talking about what I'm calling um, indicators. Well, uh, uh, yeah. some of the indicators are. Um, Uh, There's several I I will start out with beliefs If you have an interest in UFOs I know people who will say I'm not an experiencer Um, I wish I could put them all under hypnosis But this this almost obsession With UFOs An idea that they exist When you have faith in other dimensions And that intelligent life resides there if you have an interest in metaphysics and ancient history and the so-called occult science, uh, sciences, if you have a deep concern for the feeling of urgency and the destruction of our ecosystem, if you're, if you're one of these people who always um, uh, question uh, the status quo, if you have a thought or belief that the earth is not your true home, if you, if you, if you have this, this this yearning when you know that you believe that there's somehow there's more to life to what I'm being uh-huh. told. Those are some of the beliefs 
as indicators. And you can have these, again, like I said, without being an experiencer. The physical indicators, some of them are, have you had dreams or nightmares of strange beings in other worlds? Do you have dreams of meeting other beings? Or are you levitating and your dreams are flying? Uh, dreams of healing or being healed? Uh, uh, do you have skills in telepathy and clairvoyance, psychometry, or even telekinesis? If you, if you have periods of anxiety or terror for no apparent reason, obviously if there are unexplained uh, marks or scars or burns or bruises on you uh, in the morning when you wake up, unexplained or aborted pregnancies, uh, needing less sleep and having vast amounts of physical energy. I guess they would call them downloads now, but somehow feeling more intelligent or mentally having access to more information. Those I, I would label the physical indicators. And lastly, the spirit, some of the spiritual indicators are sudden reversals in religious thoughts or feelings, or at least significant reversals an intense desire to study comparative religions or anthropology, a desire or belief that humankind can uh, become more advanced, uh, have a more advanced state of consciousness, and a more uh, evolved spirituality. And last but not least, if you have an intense desire to serve humanity in some way, shape, or form, uh, to serve, uh, those can be the spiritual indicators of having had a contact experience. It, it, you know, NDEs have a lot of those too. So, I think yes. in a way, yes. um, it, it's it's a it's a it's a level of consciousness. Um, I, I have a friend who. Um, he, he was in a car accident, and when he woke up, he was sitting in a tree looking at his car, totally wrecked, and thinking, man, I'd hate to be the guy in that car. And, and he was. He, was, he could see his body in yeah. the car. But, yeah. you know, he was, he was definitely not in it. And, and at one point, he felt that he, he was supposed to go back down and get into the body and, and you know, he, he was quite flippant. He said, are you kidding? You look how banged up he is. I have no desire to go down there and be in that. And, uh, of course, he did eventually. But um, I think it's it's important. I think having this kind of awareness is something that um, anyone can develop and reach for and get. It's just that sometimes you get the trigger of the experience and that shoots you forward. But I think it's, and some people even don't need to have that experience. So I think that, that the qualities you're talking about are qualities that almost anybody can, can, can reach for and get. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's sort of like humanity has been so locked into the intellectual realms for so long that, um, they for, they forget the spiritual is there too, and and people aren't working on the spiritual aspects of their personas as much as they're working on the intellectual stuff that, that comes with the physical reality. So it's a matter of coming into a better balance within yourself to be able to focus on the totality of your purpose here on the earth. 
Yeah, yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, and, and, and there are many ways to get there. Again, you don't have to have the, the NDE or whatever. I mean, the Hindus knew this 5,000 years ago when they did the Kama Sutra. You can reach these high states of consciousness uh, making love. I just talked to, um, I told you about my friend who was jogging. And uh, there's a wonderful book out. I think Raymond Moody wrote it, but it's it's old. Uh, it, but it's about forget the name of it. Um, but it's about the similarities between the UFO contact experience and NDEs. Uh, very uh-huh. similar experiences. So yeah, there are many ways to get there. Um, the thing is, is that in all of those. Uh, at some point, you you have to be alone in order to process what what happened to you, and um, you know there's always the, to make the time to meditate to contemplate. Uh, yeah, we all have the potentiality, no question. And so that, I think people need to hear that, so they don't think that that you got to have some special trait or maybe you were chosen or something like that. I, I remember, oh, yeah. you know, when I was in in 2019, days before I saw the praying mantis being, um, we, I was on a panel at a conference, and there was a woman there, and she was angry. It was several people there, um, and she was very angry because she was like, well, I do all those things, and how come they came to you? How, how come, you know, and... <laughs> You know, we were very gracious. I think we were. It was just like, you have to be careful what you ask for. But for some reason, she thought it was a competition. And and, and I have found going to conferences, that the, you, you know, this, this subject draws a lot of fringe people. Why? <laughs> because a lot of people want to belong. And they want to feel special, and so you have this thing where, well, I want to, I want to, I, I, why don't they come see me? Well, I, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make them come see me. I'm going to go, and you know, it's, I don't know. In some ways, it's just concerning, um, as if you're going to force something to happen. So you know, well, I think well, people are people. No. People are people. You know. But you've been, you know, very, you've made it very clear that you don't have to be an experiencer to have the spiritual transformation. Yes. That's what I want people and, to, to hear. You know, and also, you know, you, you, saying, you, know you, you look at Betty well. and Barney, you look at Betty and Barney Hill, they were definitely not. Um, on a spiritual pathway at the time that they had an abduction. So, um, you know, it, it was hard for them to re- remember, and hypnosis helped them to remember a great deal. But um, so this is not, um, it's, it's, it's not a pro- to be an experiencer is just another trigger to open yourself up to this potential that you have within you. But you don't have to be an experiencer. You can do the study. No. You can do the no. practice. You can no. do you all of this and and come to the same place that everybody else is. I mean, I mean, Barney was on a path, 
He was an actor. Uh-huh. He was very active in the local NAACP. He and his wife attended the local Unitarian uh, church there. So they were on a path. And again, you know, you know, because when you, I, I'm careful with the word spiritual because it means so many different things to different people. But but if you're on a path to serve, if you are, um, maybe your thing is racial justice. Maybe your thing is uh, ecological, pr- preserving the earth. That one could argue that those are spiritual paths. Activism. Put how do I put this? this longing I have into action. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. I think that it's I think it's a pathway that humanity as a whole is on and it's just that different people are finding different ways to get involved in it. Mm-hmm. But or, certainly or, or, yeah, yeah. Or maybe not well, even so, at all. maybe next lifetime they'll do it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, you got lots of lifetimes, so you know it's not like yeah, 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 you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's it's sort it's sort of today. Um, there is there is such a uh, I want to call it almost a revolution going on inside of of traditional structures of religious organizations and the spiritual because. I mean, the two the two can exist, you know, hand in hand. But so many people think you have to have one and not the other, or you know, you can't have them both. But you can. And I think that that what's going on today is people are are beginning to start to look to investigate into the internal parts of themselves as opposed to the external. Yeah, I was just reading a Pew study um, that by, what is this, 2023, that by 2050, maybe before then, that uh, our nation will um, be more of a secular nation. Um, I can define that later, but um, that because uh, people are leaving organized religion and even disorganized religion um, at a really rapid rate especially between the ages of 18 and 25, because they feel like traditional religion and the traditional church leaders don't respect the choices that they've had to make in their life. I mean, this is a totally, you know, obviously this is a different time. And so people Uh are leaving in droves. At the same time, you know, when times are uncertain, wars, rumors of wars, these type of things, people will go to, they, they they go to religion because religion, you know, no matter how dysfunctional it may be, it gives them a sense of comfort. Uh, Europe is not Europe has already been through this after after the wars. Um, uh, you know, still here, if someone says they're an atheist, um, people look at them kind of like it's like a virus they don't want to get. Where Europe has already been through that, and uh, it'll be interesting to see as we go. Along, uh, because Christianity in our country is declining, at uh-huh. least at least the form of Christianity that's being practiced. So, and 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 along with uh, this UFO phenomenon, um, religion is going to have to get involved. 
they, 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 they're going to have to get involved. I, I understand the reticence, but um, they, they're going to have to come out with, and make a statement on this. Uh, but there are people like me, um, not many of us, but that are, that are clergy and that are, you know, lending our voice to uh, the connection between UFOs and religion but not nearly enough. Well, you know, I mean, there's Barry Downing. He certainly is, is one who is, you know, in, in agreement with the fact that the UFOs, the aliens do exist. And I think that, that what we're seeing, I, I do believe the Pope has even in some way acknowledged the fact that they exist. Um, you know he's he's not giving them their own whatever but um and and truly i believe they are here i believe they are shapeshifters i believe they've been a part of our society for forever and and while certainly the grays are there and the and the um all of the other kinds um they've been a part of our society and, and we are not indigenous to this planet either. Our DNA doesn't come from Earth. So it's, it's sort of like we're sharing this planet with, with heaven knows how many other species. But, but it does feel as though there is a sense here of more and more coming out into the world uh, and the acceptance of the fact that there are others. I mean... You know, look at look at our history. I mean, at, at some point in time, um, in this country, um, people of color were not accepted as whole citizens, and and yet they are. And I have a feeling that that the aliens or or those that species that can shapeshift anyhow that's a part of us is is eventually going to come out of the shadows, and we're going to have the same type of of debate as to whether they can be considered citizens or not so you know hopefully hopefully our our attitude of of you know brotherhood is is going to rule so that so that we don't make the same mistake we've made in the past and judging others because they're different Mm. yeah i mean there's definitely a change um, and an acceptance, I think. I think probably um, back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, it probably would have shocked many people. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying it wouldn't shock people now, disclosure, uh, but there's definitely a shift. And the... Um, I don't have the data in front of me, but more people do accept the possibility that we're not alone in the universe. Um, so so I, I find that very promising. I, I, and, and at the same time, uh, we have a hard time with just dealing with other earthlings. And, <laughs> you know, there's, there's always the threat of nuclear annihilation, 
uh, getting hit by an asteroid, what we've done to climate change. So, so we can go either way. The choice is ours collectively. Um, That's true. I know people, people get, people say, well, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I say, I don't know what you can do, but I know one of the things you can do, because you can't change other people, you can change yourself. And so as long as you are living up to your own expectations, as much as is humanly possible, because we all make mistakes and we all are flawed in many ways, but, and that's where I think uh, the the, the peeling of the onion, um, finding out who you really are and and, and what that self is and, and how it relates to everything around you, that is worth the price of admission. And you don't need the other 9 billion people on the planet to do that. You can do it for oh, yourself. Oh, absolutely. I think, you can't, yeah, I think. Yeah, you can't control what everybody else does. And, it'll, and, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. Well, I think also people have forgotten that we are um, a spirit on a human journey. We're not a human on a spiritual journey so that, so that the spirit within us is gathering and growing and, and opening more and more to the, to the human consciousness that we carry within us for sure. Um, I think one of the, one of the things you talked about um, when one is, is, is opening up to the transformative process that's going on is finding teachers and, and taking vows. Um, what sort of vows are you talking about? Well, I'm, I'm talking about the vows that that we each take for ourselves to be uh-huh. the kinds of people that we say we want to be. Um, and because once you've had the experiences and you've had that catharsis, that mental catharsis, um, you know, you, you start to say, uh, I'm going to live a different way. I see life differently now. And it doesn't have to be vows publicly, but it's the vows you make to yourself. Yeah. It, it could be something as 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 significant or I'm going to change the way I eat. I'm going to start thinking more loving thoughts. I'm going to um be more kind to all sentient beings. I'm going to organize my time better. I'm going to be more practical with money. You know, I've always believed this because I was afraid. But now that I, this is what I want to do. The vows that you make to yourself to be the type of person that you say you want to be. And, and the leaders, you know, not, maybe not necessarily leaders, I don't want to use that term. You know, the, the, the teachers will come to you because you'll be drawing them to you. Uh, yeah. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. When the student's ready, the teacher also disappears. But I was on this path, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, after, you know, I was on a, a downward path, really. I was self-destructing 
living this fast life as an actor in New York, but I was also still maintaining my, my, my you know, my studies, my visiting other houses of worship, my, my, my meditation. I was still doing that, and then bam, December 28, 1989, I get that visit. Now, there are many reasons for that. It could be karmic. I had a psychic tell me one day that I was chosen at birth. It was an assignment I took on. I don't know if those things are true. They certainly sound, they resonate with me, but I can't know for sure. But I do know that I said, this is the path I'm going to walk. And then the teachers came. The right books came to me. The right connections came to me. Because I had made a yeah. decision. So, yeah, I, I, you um, know, I, I can, I can yeah. think you back on, I can, you know, I, I can think back on occurrences in my life. I, I, at one point, was very, very sick. I had a temperature of like 104. And <clears throat> I was alone with my son. And, and when I realized how high my temperature was, I called my mother and asked her to come because I was afraid that it was going to go higher and that I was going to maybe go into convulsions. And I remember having to get downstairs by sitting on the stairs and going down one step at a time. And at one point, I I felt something behind me, but there was nothing there, and it felt like it was pushing me. And I said, "No, no, I'm a child of light. You know, I'll take the fever if I have to, but you're not gonna. I'm not ending it. I'm I'm gonna keep going." And it went away. And mm-hmm. you know, I I go back to that time frame, thinking that was another transformative time for me, where I sort of made a declaration. And said, you know, I, you know, I, I will get better, and and I did. Um, actually, they told me I had ulcerative colitis and I was going to die of it. And and unusual for me at the time, I looked at the doctor and said, I do not have time to die. I have too much to do. And yeah. he just looked at me and said, Did you hear what I said? And I said, I heard what you said, and I'm telling you, I don't have time to die. And that was like 40 years ago, 45 years ago. So um, mm. I'm still working on stuff. But in, in, in some places you speak of how you got greater clarity by working with a hypnotist. Um, how does one decide whether it's appropriate or not to have hypnotism to work on issues that you're not real clear on what they are? I I I was I was led you know to the hypnotherapist that I went to. One was Dr. Gene uh-huh. Mundy who I met initially um I was I was losing sleep. I wouldn't turn the light out at night. And later on Bud uh we did a a, a conference together in um on Long Island and he regretted you know, it depends. It's an interesting question because just two friends of mine last week um, had had, they thought they had experiences and they were going, you know, they wanted to know about going to a hypnotherapist. And, but one of them said, you know, I'm not sure I want to know this yet. But if, 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 if you know someone or if you have someone, the only person I know of is Yvonne. She's out West. Um, 
but for me, it helped me with my sanity, uh, and and I it 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 grounded me that this really happened to me, um, and and yes, it may happen again, which it did over you know and uh, continues to, with years in between, um, but if you want to know, you have to make up your mind. You want to know. Um, yeah. I, I I I found it to be healing because at that time I didn't know I had nothing to to compare that experience to or these experiences to so um I I I know it's controversial um and you really do need a good hypnotherapist you know someone who's not going to ask you leading questions or that kind of thing uh which Bud was very good at not doing and as was Dr. Jean Mundy even though she worked with experiencers. So I, I, I highly commend it. I think it would be fascinating um, if for nothing else than for past life experiences, but, but especially yes, for yes, um, yes. I, I mean, past life stuff is, is phenomenal, and it does help you clarify a lot of what you're going through at this, mo- at this moment in time in this life and sort of gives you a foundation to work from, to grow from. But, there may um, have been times where in a past life you were an extraterrestrial, so you can kind of kill two birds at one stone. <laughs> and the thing is, that, you don't know what's going to come up. You don't know what's going to come up. I know. Um, so, so when I mean, you know kind of when you're going to have visitations. Do you ever try to communicate with them? No. Uh, well, that's not true. When I meditate, I do. Sometimes I will try to picture them or what have you. But um, my interactions with them are very sudden. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm lying in bed and I'm fully awake and I may turn over and they're in the room. They're very sudden. Um, and, and that was part of the fright. Not so much that they looked bizarre, you know, they they didn't look all that bizarre. I mean, they have a torso, you know, arms and legs, that kind of thing. But um, uh-huh. it's just the suddenness of it for me. The only thing I picked up um, is that sometimes there's a smell in the room, like sulfur, if it's a gray person. Sometimes I pick that up. But also, I can't describe it, but it gets really, really quiet, um, uh, and 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 the air gets thicker. The energy just changes in the room. That's the best way huh. I can put it. Um, but usually, it's very quick, um, and uh, it's sudden. It, it I, sounds I, I, almost. I it, it it sounds almost like the sensation that um we got in in the in the stone chambers there it was like the mm-hmm. cone of silence had been put down around us and there was a smell mm-hmm. of ozone and mm-hmm. when i've been in crop circles same cone of silence same smell of ozone so yeah, there there is definitely 
an atmospheric change, at least when I've been in places where UFOs might have been. And and mm-hmm. I've often thought that the stone chambers were a form of uh, communication chamber. So that mm-hmm. might, either that or a portal of some sort. Um, yeah. So, so you know, there's there's that going on there. I just I, I would be so curious. I would have I would have a list pinned to my jammies so that just in case they came when I wasn't paying attention, I could look at the list and say, you know, what's your name? Where do you come from? You know, do you mm-hmm. have a ship? You know, are you interdimensional or interstellar? Um, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm afraid it, at some point in time I would just, you know, forget the strangeness. I have questions. You know, let's sit mm-hmm. down and have a cup of tea or something. Um, so, but, but 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 the spiritual aspect of all this is, I think, the important part. I think also it opens up creative channels within you. And and while there is definitely that that expansion into a greater sense of spiritual wisdom and understanding and and all of that there's that too but i think that there's the aspect that has been most prominent for me is the creative energies that flow through me because of that experience that i had or those experiences i found um i have found i have a love affair with words i love writing um, I painted the Mandela's. I've done all sorts of creative things. It's almost like I have to have a creative project going that keeps generating the energy that I move off of on a, in, in a creative endeavor. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that's another aspect of, of this transformational process. Your creative juices begin to flow so much more strongly. Than they than mm-hmm. they have in the past. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. Go on. No, no. I was gonna I was gonna say almost as if you're compelled to create something to illustrate what's happened. Well, you know, for me, uh, your life becomes your canvas. If, if I could use that metaphor. Sure. Your, your very life is your very life is the creative process. What you do with it, how you treat people, um, how you carry yourself, um, how you interact—that that that's that's the creativity. Your life it becomes your work of art, and oh, yeah. uh, and that's the transformation. Well, everybody expresses their creativity differently. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think some of our famous, famous um, musicians, especially Mozart, um, Brahms, uh, they all had that creative juices flowing. Beethoven, they had the, the, those creative juices flowing in them that they, they had to create. And I think that's another aspect of knowing whether or not you've had an experience of sort, because there's so you know some people just you know they can pick things up and put them down, but other people get obsessed with them, and and along with you know reading and studying and things like that, there's 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 the the 
the added part of it in, in that there's a need to create, whether it's a garden, whether it's a book, whether it's a drawing, whether it's a painting, whether it's cooking, whether it's, you know, whatever. But there's a, a, a need to be creative on some level, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have found. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, I think also there is a special magnetism that people have that have had this kind of experience that attracts tracks them to each other. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost in a room you can you can almost be drawn to people that you would all be also I think in your book you were talking about a man that that was able to um speak to a doctor or speak to somebody else knowing that they had just had um an experience um with either a UFO or an extraterrestrial. And he, hmm. I think he he asked people, "Have you just had a, um, a, a an experience with something?" It, it was two people in the same day. I think that that he was he, mm, he just he just, blur, he he just blurted it out to people, and they looked at him like, "How did you know?" So so yeah, there's I a have to go back and look. yeah yeah. It must I have think been there, there's an experiences section of the book. Yeah, it was. And it's, I think there's an intuitive sense that is enhanced, and you can use it or not. And I think that's the cool thing about all of this. You don't have to take advantage of any of this if you don't want to, but you can. And, and it's a matter of it's part of a spiritual transformation, and the, being an experiencer gives you an added, you know, an added nudge in that direction um, you know, you may not have been going in that direction, or like you, you may have been going in that direction all along, and this just gave you a, an extra little sh- nudge. But, but I think the whole yeah, planet, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said before, it affects people differently. I can tell you what has changed me. And again, you know, I had to do work for this. It wasn't like a magic wand. What it changed? One of the, well, this was also from my studies and what have you, but what it changed me was just the opposite of what you were describing in a way, because Western culture always rewards us and tells us that we have to be, we have to do. You have to be a human uh-huh. doing instead of a human being. And even Eckhart Tolle talks about this in a way in some of his teachings, but it actually made me slow down. It actually made me kind of step off the treadmill. Oh, I got to do, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to get this uh-huh. done. That's not to say that I don't, but it made me have to say, hey, man, you know, you don't have to justify your existence. You just have to be. And th- for me, who a, a person who is very task-oriented, a person who, like you and Mark and other, we're born here in the West, and you touched uh-huh. on it earlier about this this rewarding of this intellectualism, you know, that chakra is all is overused and, and maybe the heart chakra and the and the other chakras aren't you didn't use those words, but aren't aren't used as much as maybe they could be. But it made me slow down to just be and to uh-huh. try to be in the moment. And it it 
I, I, it's the old Zen saying, don't just do something, stand there. <laughs> and so it was just the opposite with me. Um, I get plenty accomplished. I have, I have insights now from meditation. You know, all that is true, but, but, but I, I, was, I was a human doing instead of a human being. And I think my own inner work, along with the mystical experiences that I was having, it got me to kind of step off of that, that 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 treadmill that I had to keep doing. Well, I think you know we're a very good example of its different strokes for different folks. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And and you know, there's no wrong way. Mm-hmm. And whatever way you whatever way you choose to manifest or not, you know, we have free oh, will. No question. no question. I was just I was just sharing my experience. Yeah. Definitely not saying there's only one way um to do but it. I think, uh, I whatever think you're, it you're, is. Yeah. <laughs> I think your book is really great in that it does identify, give you identifiers as to something that, you know, you may be um, an experiencer if some of these things have occurred in your life. And if indeed you want to, you know, if you want to explore some of it, you know, there are lots of organizations out there that you can you can visit that you can take part in that that can help you to develop whatever it is that you're meant to develop if that's the case and i love that about your book you gave lots of different organizations that people could check out you know look into if yeah. if they you know and, and i i think that's an important thing i think it's important for everybody frankly to yeah explore what's out there, what what kind of potential there is for them to expand themselves spiritually and move into a greater expression of themselves. It it's 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 a wonderful new way of 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 learning and, and um applying yourself to your reality. It is not in any way, shape or form meant to replace a religious belief. It's it's meant to complement a religious belief, and, and I think that that in the past it's always been one way or the other. But but it's they're complementary; they're meant to be complementary, and um, becoming more spiritually open to kindness and and loving people and sharing and helping um, enhances any religious belief system. I think. Yeah. Yes. 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 I um, I think that's true. You know, I, I, I will say this, at least for me, um, I was all I was always I was already moving from uh, I was expanding, so I was leaving the um, religion of my parents, if you will. Uh, I, I would say to folks again whether you had an experience or not, once you start delving into these practices, whether it's meditation or metaphysics or what have you, 
you know, just be prepared for some of the uh, changes that can occur and, and that you will find out that you will be, you can, you may be a very, very, very different person than what the society and what your family told you you were. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have to admit, I, I tried on just about every religion I could find. <clears throat> and I kept saying, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something that embraces everything. That's why I got ordained as a uh, non-denominational minister, because mm-hmm. I, found, I found something of worth in every religion I looked into and, and created a stew of all the good stuff, and that's what I practice with me. You know, and mm-hmm. I certainly don't, don't, you know, my belief system is, is something I personally evolved and continue to evolve, and I think, I think we're coming that, to that point in society, a lot of people anyhow, who are saying, this doesn't fit, but this does. Let me find something that fits in that little space. And we're creating a jigsaw puzzle of a belief system personally for, for, our, for ourselves. And mm-hmm. the, the great thing is it's a never-ending puzzle. There's always something new you can add to it. Um, I, found, I found that Egypt and the Egyptian um, religious system was amazing for me. Um, mm-hmm. The Sumerians too love that, their stuff, um, but it's almost every every religion that I have touched into, big or small, had something of value that I that I felt was a treasure for me, and that you know I just I took on. Yeah. So so it it, it fits me. I'm not yeah. saying it fit anybody else, but it fits me. Yeah. Yeah. And and so and and the thing is that you're constantly growing. You never find you can wrap it up in a bow and say it's complete because so long as you're always growing, then there's always spiritual development. Yes, I agree. I agree. It always you're all you know, it's 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 ever evolving. Um I, I do think there comes a time, depending on the individual's soul age, where, you know, a lot of factors, that you don't even, it's that you almost transcend religion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't mean like you outgrow something because it's bad or your shoes are too tight or something like that, but it's almost, it comes to a point where you don't even talk about it, you just live it. Yeah, that I was. Uh-huh. It, yeah, you just said what I was thinking. It's not something you practice; it's something you live. Yeah, and I mean, there comes a time because I know folks who, are, you know, it's again. I, I know we touched on it about an hour ago. You know, they think it's something you put on. I'm being this is spiritual and this is not. I'm putting this. You know, it's like a coat you put on, and it's not even about that. It's just the way you live. One of the most yeah. deeply spiritual people I had known when I was younger was an atheist. His name was Frank Barra. He was an atheist. He used to be a Catholic uh, Benedictine, and uh, he was in that order, and he did not believe in God. 
Um, he was an artist. Uh, he was a gay man. And he, he used to be an actor. I had met him when I was in the theater. And just the way he lived, the way, whether he was eating a good meal, whether he was talking to a friend, the way he perceived life. And not once did he even use the word spiritual, really. He just was uh-huh. it. And there comes a time, and, and so he was beyond religion. He was, even, he was beyond spirituality. He was just a beautiful human being. And I couldn't understand that then because I was so young and self-righteous. But I think of Frank a lot now. And in a lot of ways, I am Frank because a lot of the things that he was trying to tell me, I couldn't hear, but I hear them now. And it was just, he, he, was, just, he was just a beautiful soul. And um, it, was, it, it was seamless, his life. It wasn't, well, now he's being spiritual, and now he isn't. It was just one seamless journey. Um, And uh, I learned a lot later when I moved away from New York. But, um, yeah, after a while, it's just something you are. Um, You know, you seek, and then you find something, and then you just live it. You don't have to tell Uh anybody. You don't have to make any announcements. You just are it. And, 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 and I've come to know that there's no difference between this is spiritual and this isn't. Even when you don't know, because if we're going to say that you are, uh, we are spiritual beings in a body, then you don't have to be spiritual. You may forget that. Yeah. You, you know, but, but that doesn't mean, you know, there's no difference between the secular and the spiritual. It, it's all one. Oh, it's true. all one. I'm just as spiritual if I'm shooting pool in a bar downtown here or if I'm meditating in front of my altar. It's all the same. And that was one well, of the most important lessons that I learned. Yeah, it's all I, I, well, and we're all one family. I think that's the other thing that, that we tend to forget sometimes. Um it, it's we are mankind is is a family of man and woman, but it's a family of man, and to set ourselves above or below another person is just ludicrous because we're all one and and like pieces of a big jigsaw puzzle um without everyone, the puzzle isn't complete, so I find that that there are times in my life when when someone, you know, you you talk about teachers, um, and and I have found that the teachers have come into my life. Usually, they're a person I don't like, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible thing, and and yet. In retrospect, I mean, I had a lady in, where I lived in in Connecticut who hated me because of that because I bought the house where people she hated lived and therefore she hated me, and um, she was nasty to me every time she spoke with me. She was confrontational. She and and I have to admit 
I mean, the hairs in the back of my neck would raise up, and I would be ready to go to battle. And I remember one day I was walking down the, the little dirt road that was between our houses, and she came out, and she started to, to, to really say nasty things to me. And just as I was about to give it back to her, only better, I might add. It was much better. Um, I heard a voice in my head that said, she's giving you a mirror. If you, beco- if you, re- if you respond to her in kind, you become her. And it stopped me dead in my tracks. And it was mm. like I looked at her and, you know, with this, you know, she was spitting, she was spitting mad and spitting angry. And I, and I just looked at her and I said, you know, your garden really looks good this year. You know, I, and, and she kept going and I said, and I really like what you've done with you. And I, I gave her like five or six more compliments and she finally lost her breath and just looked at me. And I said, and I'm really glad you're feeling better because I was worried about you when you were in the hospital. And I walked on. And as I'm walking down the road, I'm thinking, so this is what the higher road feels like. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a wonderful story. I remember um, along those lines, um, Howard Thurman was Dr. King's mentor, and he was a mystic. And when Dr. King was assassinated, people thought that Howard Thurman would kind of take over. But Howard knew where his gifts were, and he was an academic, but he was a deeply psychic, a clairvoyant man. But um, And he, he said that one of the things he wrestled with was a, a spiritual arrogance that he had because he was an evolved person. And he said that, um, you know, he said, I have to admit that there were some people who I did not want to love. I did not want to love everybody. There were some people I didn't want to love. And he went on to say that he developed a prayer. And his prayer was not, he said, my prayer is not that I love everybody. But my prayer is that I want to want to love. I thought that was just so profound and eloquent the way he put that. My, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't have to love everybody because I'm not there yet. Yes. But my <laughs> prayer is I at least, I at least want to want to uh-huh. love. It was genius. That's that's very profound. And and and, and because, honest. And honest. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I you know it's to be able to um, turn it on and off is hard, and to become is a slower process. And um, you know I never did send a thank you note to that woman for teaching me such a profound lesson, maybe next life. But, you know, there have been a couple of people that have, you know, treated me not well, and my response has been um, appropriate for the moment, you know, without getting angry to just 
either let go and let God or or to walk away and hope that they do better to another person sometime somewhere somehow so that you know that's that, that's a level I'm working on um mm-hmm. when I get really angry I really want to blast somebody and I know that that's not appropriate but some of the things I say in my head are just so beautiful it's a shame to not utter them but um but I know it's not smart. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a learning process, and we are, you know, it's it's easy to be loving and kind and generous when when there's no stress on you, but when the stress comes, it's a little harder to get to that place inside. And and say, you know, I, I know that they don't mean this. I know that there's something else going on, and I'm just going to let it go because to respond in kind is to is to agitate a situation, and I don't want to do that. So, yeah, and, and, then, and then there's the times when it's the other way around. When you're the one, or I'm the one, who is uh-huh. maybe being abusive or verbally abusive and what have you, and they take the high road. Those are, those are the ones I'm more interested in because the other ones I can say, oh, well, it wasn't me. See, it was them. But there's those times when I am not living up to who I say I want to be, and they uh-huh. respond to me with uh, the grace, with they take the high road. And then I get, I'm the one who has to go, man, I could have handled that differently. Well, I need to go. <laughs> And ask for forgiveness. Those are the those are the ones because the other way, you know, it's it's, it's easy when you got the high ground because they're the ones who are unconscious. But it's when you're yeah. the one that's unconscious that it becomes a real lesson. Well, it does, and it's even a more profound lesson for sure. Because then you change your behavior at the same. You, in in both cases, you're changing your behavior, but where you're the one that is transgressing, so to speak, uh, to, to mm-hmm. realize that I went too far. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, they're, they're, they're all learning experiences. And I, I found that, I have found that the teachers that for me have been the most profound are, are people that there has been a confrontation of some sort with. It's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've known I've known, I've known wonderful, loving, kind people like you, and and you know you're a pleasure to be with, and and I do grow from your wisdom for for you know absolutely, but it's, it's when when the emotions get involved and there's and there's you know the adrenaline is pumping. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Good Lord, so, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want you to see me on a video when I'm having one of those moments. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I it's uh, it, it, it's funny when I do radio shows. I try not to say um as much as I used to because I've heard I, I've gone back and listened to a lot of the podcasts over time or interviews and everything. And I, I keep saying to myself, it's okay to pause, don't say um. 
a pause is fine. Um, makes you sound like you don't know what you're talking about. And mm. it, it's sort of, um, there we are. It, it, it's sort of trying to program yourself to be more articulate. Yeah. And And when it comes to acting or reacting to something, I've had a number of times that people have been abusive on the radio when I was giving readings or answering a question or something like that. Oh, my and it God. Was, oh, yeah. Are you serious? Um, oh, yeah. And this was early on. And and it felt it felt like, okay, so here's the, these are lessons. How do you respond with kindness and love and put your message across at the same time? Right. And and I had some wonderful lessons. Um it, it 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 the chat room had a lovely time with a lot of them. But you know, it was it was sort of like what's Barb going to say now to that? <laughs> right. And, right. And yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It, it was it was um it was an experience, it was a learning experience for me and after 14 years I no longer have a chat room so I don't have to worry about it but it yeah. was it was definitely a learning experience and I think your book is so wonderful because it gives people assurances not only does it give them assurances it gives them uh ways to recognize things it gives them modalities that they can utilize and, and go to for help, and it gives them organizations they can contact, and certainly they can contact you as well, so that it it doesn't make them feel as though they are alone. And I think that's, the, that's, that's why I want to change the title of your book, The Spiritual Transformation of the Experiencer, A Guide for Contact and Comfort. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, first of all, thank you. I, I, I never thought of it that way. But you're right. You, you mean I'm glad it came through because for some reason, Barbara, I don't know, I just feel that 2023 is going to be the year of the experiencer. Um, yeah. And by that, I, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, I, there are a lot of people writing books. I see it on social media. I, I, I sometimes when I'm just flipping through Amazon, I think that as you know, the, the 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 culture gets more comfortable, which is happening, as you said earlier. Um, oh yeah. You know, you know people, you, you, they don't snicker so much when you talk about well, it now. You you and when more I than I mean the media, I mean the government. You know, it's it's taken a little more seriously. Well, you know, your book gives a wonderful guide for contact. It gives examples, but but more than that, it gives comfort in that it lets people know that first they're not alone and they can deal with this and these are ways you can deal with it. There's comfort here. And, you know, I would, honest to goodness, Michael, I would put comfort in the in the title too. Because to yeah, me, it felt like it, yeah. it. For me, it was comforting that you were sharing all these stories that that 
there were so many different identifiers for were you an experiencer or not, and and even if you weren't, you might be experiencing these things, and it may be a spiritual transformation, and here's how you handle it. So you're giving comfort, and that to me is, is, is very important. Well, thank you. And I, and I will think about doing that. Well, it yes. just, you know, and and in, there was one other thing I, I want to get in here before we lose time here, run out of it. Um, why do some people block the experience? You know, wow, that's a big question. You know, listen, I'm sure you have your ideas as well as I do. I think because we are so programmed, A, I remember John Matt. Okay, let me, let me, because I'm, I'm going a mile a minute. Um, a, I, you know, because it does shatter your reality. I mean, I mean uh-huh. once you look into the eyes of one of these beings, it's over. You can never, who was it, Oliver Wendell Holmes, who says once the, the mind is stretched beyond um, its normal <laughs> capacity, it can never go back to it. And yeah. I think the other thing, though, is, too, okay, that's individually. Collectively, and John Mack talked about this when he was alive, that we have these beings. They come here. They, they, they are probably thousands of years more advanced than we are. They, they come in our homes. They fly in the air over, you know, well, the, the government said this is our airspace. But, you know, and they tell us, they, and, and, and they, you know, all the laws of physics and, 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 and quantum, you know, all that is thrown out the window. They tell us just by being here that we're not the highest on the food chain. And they say that you got it all wrong, that you are destroying your planet, you're making a mess of things. You know, nobody wants to hear that. Collectively speaking, I'm talking now. Yeah. Societal. <clears throat> and we call, them, we call them names and, you know, aliens or whatever. And I think that's mostly because we're afraid. But, I, and you, you, you know, you, you block it out. You, I mean, this is earth shattering. It's almost um, like what's happening now, if I can draw a, a, a parallel, our country is changing. Uh, yeah. uh, and it has been for quite some time. Women are becoming more prominent and, and more places of, of authority and power. Uh, uh, people of color are. And an old way, an old paradigm is changing. So rather than saying, okay, this happens to empires, this happens to all civilizations, how do I cooperate with this? How do I, um, instead of compete with it, it's the natural course of things. Uh, what do people do? They, they, they block it out. And they can block it out by violence. They can block it out by not being civil to one another. But it's change. And nobody likes change except a wet baby. <laughs> but we've got to get used to it. We've, we've got to get used to it because this is the new world that we're going into. You know, even AI. 
I have no problem with AI. I'm, I'm jumping around, but I'm staying on the theme. But the thing is, it's not AI, it's the consciousness behind it. You used that word a lot earlier. It's consciousness, it's the intent. It's like money. Money's not good or evil. It's just what we intend to do with it. Yeah. And so we're, we're coming into a time of change. And change can be scary. It can be messy. And if I don't want to deal with it, I'll block it out. No, that's not happening. I'm not going to let that happen. I think that's part of human nature where the change of consciousness can help shift that. Obviously, Buddhism and other uh, philosophies talk a lot about that. But I think that's why we block it out, because it's unknown, it's fear, and it's change. And Well, the sad thing is we are always in a process of change. I know... Yes. My mother used to talk about the ice wagon that would go up and down the street drawn by horses. Um, it, it, it's, it's the element. Uh, I, I, I was checking out at the grocery store, and the clerk said, I can't wait till we get back to normal. And I looked at her, and I said, this is the new normal. We're mm-hmm. not going back. We're going forward. Yes. And, yes. I, I mean, I don't like a lot of it, but it, it will it will get to be routine for me, so it will be the normal eventually, and then it will change again. So it, it's it's a matter of that's what growth is. You know, I would like to grow backwards to about when I was 40. I, I'd really like to have my body from when I was 40 again, uh, mm-hmm. but I want my head to stay in the same place. So, uh, right. you know, and, and that doesn't happen either, <laughs> so... It, it's yeah. a matter of yeah. accepting accepting the change and and moving forward. I I, I know a lot of people that that are in denial uh, in, in a lot of things on a lot of levels. But the no. the element of the fact that there are other species out there that that are probably thousands, ten thousand, millions of years ahead of us, and being able to wrap our hands around it and be able to deal with contact and and wondering if contact is really something they want. When you stop to mm-hmm. think about where they must have gotten their culture to, hopefully beyond wars and conflict and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we must look like a, a special ed classroom of very destructive children down here. Yeah. So yeah. I... I, I, you know, it, it's sort of, I, I've, I've jokingly said that I think Earth has been quarantined. We've been put in the corner because of our bad behavior. And, and until we learn how to get along with each other, we were not going to be invi- invited into that community that is above and right. beyond the Earth. And yeah. everybody thinks we yeah, are. I, and I think there's some, I, yes, I think there's some truth to that. Definitely. Why would they want to to be in contact with 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 a planet where no one gets along where yeah. we are constantly having inventions, and the first thing they say to an invention is, "How can we weaponize it yeah that's right that's right. i mean n- none of this how can we how can we benefit humanity and make life easier for everybody else? No, how do we make a weapon out of it yes so it's, it's, it's it's, whew, it's frustrating. 
frustrating. It is, and there's no point to it. It's a big earth. There's lots of room for everybody. Yeah. And even though our population is, is, is greater than they say it should be, there's room for everyone. But we have to learn to share. Yeah. And, you know, there are vast areas that have never been developed that certainly could be. But, but it's, again, it's as a, as a species, there's a lot of um, competition and there's a lot of power struggle going on. And it's too bad because I would say that the general public as a whole is a very loving group of people. Yeah. And there are, yeah. you know, I, 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 I think... I think humanity is loving. I think those in power are not so much so. But they have a different agenda yeah. than the rest of us do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, for sure. So somebody said that, that at some point all the rich and powerful were going to go to Mars. And um, I said, that's a good thing. Let them go. And, and <laughs> don't let them back in. Don't let them back in, you know. <laughs> oh Send them God. all off. If 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 we were down to the the common man, so to speak, I think we'd get along just fine. Yeah. I would like to think yeah. so. I would really like to think yeah. so. I because yeah. I I I have to be honest. I I have met nothing but ninety nine point nine percent of the people I've met have been wonderful and loving and kind and generous. And I would imagine yeah. you see the same thing. Yeah, and, so, and part of that is because, because that's what you are. And so you draw to you, you know, not all the time, but you draw to you what you are. I remember um, when I was in Jerusalem many years ago, I went to Israel and, you know, I got it very early on that, um, you know, and I met people. I mean, it wasn't I just fantasized it. And it, it, people wanted to live in peace. It was the leaders who were yeah. keeping that from happening. And, uh, well, you know, but that's, that's what happened. That's what happened. I, I know. <laughs> Well, and you know, every mm-hmm. now and then a mean-spirited person comes in and it's like, all right, you're a lesson. What am I supposed to learn here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, you can't be just and because... I think, you, I think a lot of times we're learning acceptance, too. Acceptance yeah. that there's some things yeah. we can't make a difference in and some things we can't. And some things we don't have to. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. Yeah. We yeah. don't have to save everybody. We don't have to save everybody. Well, I think that, you know, I, I, I want people to uh, – how do people get a hold of you, by the way, if they want – I just noticed the time. How do people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you? Um, they can write me at uh, Michael J, as in Jerry, S as in Sam Carter, at Gmail. I have a fan page on uh, Facebook that they could go to Reverend Michael J. Carter, 
Um, and if you email me, I will respond. Um, uh-huh. And uh, they can get my books on Amazon. Yeah, it's it's a great book. Um, I think Thank that you. it will be very informative for anybody that reads it and enlightening for many and and in 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 many cases a comfort that they are not alone and i think that's one of the major things one of the major reasons i recommend this it it lets you know you're not alone and you know there's there's plenty of ways for you to grow and to learn and to utilize the tools that you give them and the organizations they can go to and it's 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 a comfort to know that that what they're feeling in these times of transformation is a growth process. They're not going yes. nuts. Yes, yes, that's what they. That, that's what I want them to know. You are not crazy. You are one of probably millions of people all across this planet who have had this experience. And yeah, you know, you're not crazy. No, <laughs> you're not. Crazy. If anything, and, you are love. Yeah, and a good sense of humor will help you out a lot, too. Um, Always. Always. Definitely. Laughter is the best medicine ever, and and happily, if you can get addicted to it, you're very fortunate. Um, Mm. I want to thank you so very much for coming on. I'm going to have to have you on again soon. um, Oh, anytime, anytime. These times need to have confirmation from older people that have lived through the beginning of a transformational process. I, I, I would say you're never done with a transformational process. <laughs> and, and, no. you know, if, if we can help people understand that, that this process at times can be a little messy and confusing, but it, it's, it's a process. And the more you deal with it, the faster it goes. And, you know, if we can help people to understand that, that expanding themselves into their spiritual self and and living that life enhances things not only for them but for their family and everybody they come in contact with. Agreed. So it's it's all cool. So it I thank you is. again. I thank you oh, again thank for you. being with us. Well, you are, you know, I love you muchly. We we have been, um, gosh, it's been 10 years, I think, that, that you've been on the show here and there and everywhere. So, yes, it's been wonderful. And we'll keep going another 10 years. Absolutely. <laughs> I think yes. I have to keep Mark going, too. So thank um, you again. Well, he's, yeah, he's beautiful. And I thank you again, and we will talk soon. Absolutely. Good night now. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night, Mark. Take care, everybody. Okay, everybody, good night. Thank you so much for joining. Keep a look at the website at barbaradulong.com. It'll let you know when we're next on. And um, have a good night. And and do, do check this book out. It is a book that is a guide and a comfort. So take care now. Good night, everybody.